See you Saturday. You hang up and realize you have two days before the main family get-together of the year. Your shopping list is ready, so you head to the largest supermarket in town. You follow the list to the letter, grabbing everything you need as fast as possible. The cart is full of fruit, vegetables, dairy, meat, fish, bread. Well done, you. One hour later, you get back home and proudly hand in the shopping bags to your grandma. She takes out the items one by one and frowns more and more at each of them. Turns out the fish and meat you picked aren't fresh at all, and those bananas and greens won't make it till Saturday either. Grandma says she'll save the day. You make a good snack to not go shopping hungry. Now you won't buy the stuff you don't need. Then you get in the car together to do it all over again. Smart shopping means cruising the perimeter of the store where you can find all the fresh and healthy stuff. Fruits, vegetables, dairy, meat, and fish. They normally reserve the center aisles for junk food. So you decide to skip them altogether. Your first stop is the produce section. Grandma says you should spend the most time here. And it's a good thing you arrived before lunch. Most grocers get fresh produce when they just open or later in the evening before they close. You reach out for packaged tomatoes, but Grand stops you. Prepackaged fruit and vegetables are usually more expensive. Plus, they don't let you check each item. A good ripe tomato can weigh double as much as an unripe one. It should have smooth and firm skin and smell like a tomato. No! Don't put that poor bruise thing into your cart. Bruises on produce are a perfect breeding ground for bacteria. Try to find firm cucumbers that have no blemishes or soft spots. The best ones are dark green. If you see yellow spots, it means the thing is overly ripe and will likely taste odd. The same goes for peppers. They must be of intense color with no stains. Now turn it upside down and count the bumps. Four bumps means fewer seeds and better taste. Two to three bumps mean bitter taste. The stem of a fresh pepper is always green, firm, and crispy. Take these potatoes with sprouts out of your cart right now. Go for the firm and smooth ones, without the wrinkled skin, soft dark spots, or cuts. Pick only green lettuce with no holes or brown edges. The brighter its shade of green, the better. Moving on to fruits and berries, Gran explains that a ripe watermelon will come with a dry brown stem. This one with a dark yellow must have been resting on the ground long enough to get sweet. The same's true for melons. The ones with a yellowish bark is sweeter as it had received enough sunlight by the time they picked it. Check out the stem of the bunch before taking those bananas home. The stem must be green to light yellow and not turning brown. Only take single bananas if you want to eat them right away. They survive longer in clusters. Never judge a mango by its color. Instead, gently squeeze it. A ripe mango will give in a bit, and it will also have a fruity aroma at the stem end. Smaller fruit is normally sweeter, but that rule doesn't work for strawberries. Different sorts come in different sizes, so bigger ones can be yummy too. Their ripening ends once they've been picked up, so go for bright red berries with fresh green leaves. Those would look dry and wilt if they had picked the berries a long time ago. That lemon won't give you much juice. It's pale, which means it's an older one. This firm, unblemished one with smooth skin will be way better. It also feels heavier, and that's a good sign as well. You're shopping for a big event, but otherwise, you'd never buy too much produce at a time. If it's fresh and organic, it won't naturally last too long, and always opt for fruits and veggies that are in season. They'll be less expensive and of better quality. Next stop, honey. This one looks odd to you as it has those crystals at the bottom of the jar. 
but Grandma explains it's a sign of freshness. It's normal for honey to crystallize when the temperature drops. It's also a good sign it looks opaque. It means it's more natural and healthy and not pasteurized. You check the list and realize you still need some bread. You already know the best option is the whole grain kind. You pick it up and study the label. Made with whole grains won't do. This one that says whole wheat flour is good. The fewer ingredients, the better. If you can't pronounce the name of the additive, you don't want it in your bread. It shouldn't have artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. You lightly press on the bread you just chose. Bingo! It goes back to its original shape, which means it's high quality. If you see your finger mark on it, it could have been previously frozen, or the baking process went wrong. You move towards the canned food section, and Gran jumps in your way. She's sure canned foods are bad for your health, as they contain a huge amount of sodium. You convince her to at least study the labels. You should always pick canned foods that don't have too much salt or sugar in them. The ones preserved in water or their own juice are the healthiest, as they have fewer artificial ingredients in them. You find some tuna packed in olive oil. The package is perfectly closed, so it's all good. You know you should never take a rusty can. It can be dangerous. Okay, looks like you've got everything you need, except for meat and dairy. You know you should always grab those last. They can spoil without a fridge if shopping gets too long. You make some room in your shopping cart to protect your fruit from raw meat juice, just in case. Red meat should be of dark color. Purple, red, and brown are all good. Pork should be the shade of light blushing pink. It should smell good. It can't be pungent in any way. If you see many fibers, it must be some tough meat with a strong flavor. Beef tenderloin won't have any grains because it's super tender. White flecks and streaks of fat throughout the muscle are another sign it's juicy and tender. If you aren't planning to cook meat straight away, pick the one with the latest best before a date. You can still eat it safely after that date, but it tastes better before it. Dirty marks within the packaging are a red flag. Someone must have handled it with dirty hands. Over 100 years ago, an 11-year-old boy left his drink on a porch during a cold night. The glass was filled with powdered soda dissolved in water and a stirring stick to mix it up. 20 years later, Frank Epperson, that very forgetful boy, presented his accidental invention, the Popsicle, in a California park. There's no record of the original Popsicle flavor, but among the very first were cherry, the most popular one, lemon, orange, banana, watermelon, grape, and even root beer. Chocolate chip cookies are somewhat younger than popsicles, having been invented in the 1930s. Ruth Wakefield, the owner of a popular restaurant named The Toll House Inn, is considered to be the inventor of these scrumptious cookies. There are various stories behind this invention. One story claims that Ruth ran out of baker's chocolate and decided to replace it with some basic semi-sweet chocolate, expecting it would melt completely. But it didn't. Another story says some chocolate just accidentally fell into the batter. Ruth denied the accidental origin of her cookies, claiming that it was all done deliberately. There are many legends behind the creation of the potato chip. One claims they were invented in 1853 by a chef at a luxurious New York restaurant. French fries were one of the specials at this restaurant, and people seemed to love them. But there was one customer who wasn't satisfied with the quality, complaining they were too thick. When the chef, George Crumb, (laughs) not crummy at all, cooked thinner French fries, 
the picky customer complained again. George deliberately made his next batch of fries paper-thin. These fries were so thin, it was impossible to eat them with cutlery. Surprisingly, the finicky eater loved the dish. The chips recipe spread, and within a few decades, potato chips could be found in all the American grocery stores, turning from a hot dish to a fast snack. Worcestershire sauce is another product that wasn't invented deliberately. Two English chemists, John Willie Lee and William Henry Perrins, simply forgot about some barrels in the pharmacy basement for a couple of years. The first mixture they had made was totally inedible due to super strong flavor. But when they forgot some barrel of the mixture in the basement, it became fermented. When the chemists rediscovered the barrels and were curious to try it, they found that the taste had mellowed. This condiment is now used to intensify even those dishes that originally didn't have it. For example, chili con carne. Worcestershire sauce is part of the fifth flavor, umami, or savoriness, which explains its rich taste. Tofu, or bean curd, was invented centuries ago. One of its origin theories is that tofu was first created by a Chinese prince. Another theory claims that tofu appeared as a result of mixing boiled ground beans and sea salt. The salt was quite impure and probably contained calcium and magnesium. These ingredients let the bean mixture produce its curd-like consistency. One more legend says that some nigari, a sort of evaporated sea salt, was accidentally dropped into soy milk. Today, doctors tell you to stay away from Coca-Cola, but it was surprisingly invented by John Pemberton, who had a medical degree and was a pharmacist. Pemberton's French wine coca was initially used as a remedy for severe pains, headache, and as a nerve tonic. In 1886, a prohibition law was introduced, and John had to change the recipe to remove the alcohol. One thing was left unchanged, though, the cola nut that gave the drink its trademark flavor. Some legends say that John only accidentally added carbonated water to the new recipe. But in fact, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Pemberton thought bubbles were a savory alternative to alcohol. John's cola is definitely the Coke precursor. But today's drink differs from the original Pemberton's recipe. The sandwich was invented by accident, too. Back in the 1700s, John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, ordered his valet to make him a simple dish that could be eaten with no cutlery at all. He asked the valet to tuck some meat in between two loaves of bread. Lord Sandwich was particularly addicted to playing cards, and this dish let him eat without stopping the game. The cards didn't get greasy, either. People started asking to bring the same as sandwich to their games, and soon the dish had its common name. The tomato ketchup we ate today is such a modified version that it actually has nothing to do with original ketchup recipe. You can trace its roots back to the 17th century, when the Chinese mixed pickled fish and spices, calling it a word that sounded a bit like ketchup, and which meant the brine of pickled fish. The English first tried this sauce about 100 years later. The British version featured mushrooms, shallots, and even walnuts. Later, the word ketchup changed its meaning and could be used for any dark-colored sauce. The first tomato ketchup had anchovies among its ingredients, which hints back to its relation to the Chinese fish sauce. Nachos aren't some ancient Mexican food. They were invented less than 100 years ago. 
Ignacio Anaya, nicknamed Nacho, is said to have invented this dish in the 1940s. Ignacio was a chef, and one day a regular customer asked if Ignacio could bring her and her three friends something different as a snack. He saw how hungry the ladies were and decided to cook something quick for them. He had to improvise using available ingredients. So he grabbed some fried tortillas, grated loads of cheese on top of them, and heated the dish from above. To make the dish more savory, he added some jalapeno peppers on top. The very regular customer asked the name of the unusual snack. Ignacio didn't think long and said, Nacho Special. How about eating a banana with mayo? Dipping pickles in peanut butter. These food combinations do sound pretty wild, but how do they taste? Well, give them a try, and Oreos with mustard might become your favorite dish. Okay, stay with me here. Tomatoes and peanut butter. Put several slices of tomato on a piece of bread and spread some peanut butter over this sandwich. Or just slather a thick layer of peanut butter over a slice of tomato. This taste combination is surprisingly popular with many foodies. Nutella and french fries. Salt tends to enhance flavors. That's why if you dip your french fries in Nutella, the famous hazelnut spread will taste sweeter and nuttier. Yes, the pun was intended. Another way to enjoy your french fries even more is to wash them down with chocolate milk. Banana and bacon. Salty, crispy bacon combined with sweet, carb-heavy banana makes a perfect mix. Put these ingredients on a slice of bread, add some peanut butter, voila! Your perfect sandwich is ready. Pickles and ice cream. Well, I admit this combination might not be just for everyone. But there are foodies who find this unusual mix of salty and sweet, vinegary and milky, strangely alluring. Cheddar cheese and apple pie. These days, you can surprise no one by serving sliced cheese together with fresh apples. But since these products get along quite well, why don't you take it one step further? They say the idea of adding cheddar cheese to apple pies first appeared in England. And after that, it spread all over the world. French fries and honey. If you want to turn your French fries experience into something different and more exciting, honey will do the trick. Its sweet flavor will complement the fast food saltiness. No wonder some restaurants have honey among other dipping options. Banana and mayo. Nope, by no means do I encourage you to squeeze a healthy dollop of mayonnaise on a peeled banana and stuff it into your mouth. Instead, try sandwiching a sliced banana between two pieces of bread and coat it with a bit of mayo. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. Chocolate and chips. This salty-sweet combination tastes amazing. No wonder chocolate-covered chips are a thing. And many brands have already added this mix to their product lines. Burger and jam. These days, you can order this combo in most restaurants, and no one will think you're a weirdo. Well, mostly no one. More and more people choose this option over the regular one with ketchup. Popcorn and milk. Some unique individuals replace breakfast cereal with popcorn. They add milk and claim that this dish tastes no worse than its more widespread and popular alternative. Care to try? White chocolate and red caviar. They say this unlikely food combo was created by a famous chef. He was amazed at how the salty caviar softened the sweetness of the white chocolate. If you're a fan of sweet, salty tastes, you're going to love it. Peanut butter and pickles. 
Let's say you aren't too enthusiastic about dipping pickles into sturdy peanut butter. Then try combining these ingredients in a sandwich. In this case, the vinegary flavor of the pickles will dilute the stickiness of the peanut butter. Watermelon and salt Those who have never tried this taste combination often think that salt rids watermelon of its sweetness. But the truth is quite the opposite. A pinch of salt will only enhance the flavor. Mango and chili pepper If you're a spicy food lover, this combination might catch your fancy. You can sprinkle some hot chili pepper on a sliced mango and enjoy the bird. Peanut butter and bacon Remember that banana and bacon combo? It's time to replace the banana with some peanut butter. Its smoothness will contrast with the crispiness of the bacon. Careful, you might get addicted fast. Ice cream and hot sauce The most effective way to put out the fire caused by spicy food in your mouth is to drink some milk. Then why not step it up a notch? Drizzle some spicy sauce over your vanilla ice cream to please your adventurous soul. Chocolate and avocado It's not only about adding a bit of chocolate to your avocado toast. You can also make a mouth-watering avocado and chocolate milkshake. Then the buttery texture of avocado will perfectly complement the flavor of chocolate. Burger and peanut butter Burgers with jam are more of a sweet-meat-salty combination. But burgers with peanut butter are a salt-with-more-salt kind of situation. But instead of spreading melted peanut butter all over your burger, you have to add it while making beef patties. And your burgers are bound to become juicier. Oreos and mustard Those who have tried this food combo promise that the flavors go with each other amazingly well. Scratch away an Oreo cookie frosting and replace it with German mustard. You won't regret it. Many people try to store different types of food in the fridge, just in case. It seems like the smartest decision to extend a product's lifespan. But it's not that simple. For some foods, the fridge can be harmful. For example, sauces. If the package doesn't say otherwise, it's better to keep them outside the fridge. You can put them in a cupboard that is far from your oven to protect sauces from temperature changes. The worst enemy of coffee beans is moisture. Special oil in coffee beans is responsible for that pleasant and cozy coffee smell. When you place your coffee in the fridge, condensation changes its entire cell structure and makes all the magic disappear. But if your goal is to get off caffeine, maybe it is a good idea to store your beans in the cold. Rumor has it that honey is an immortal food. You can store it almost forever, but make sure to do it properly. Keep honey in a cold and dark place, but don't put it in your fridge. Otherwise, it may crystallize and lose some of its major beneficial properties. Putting tomatoes into the fridge seems pretty harmless, but it's not the best idea. It will make tomatoes lose their delicious flavor because cold air slows down the natural ripening process. Thus, the thin membranes inside of the tomatoes get less juicy. And you don't want your salad to be watery and tasteless, do you? The best way to store tomatoes is in a well-ventilated box or basket at room temperature. If you want to keep sliced bananas from getting brown, use citrus juice. Just drizzle orange or lemon juice over the cut bananas. Unfortunately, this trick only works for a few hours. The perfect way to store your chocolate is inside your stomach. Ah, just kidding. Keep it away from the fridge and store it in a cool, dark place. 
This way, you don't only protect your dessert from your sweet tooth roommates, but also keep its attractive appearance. It's not a good idea to put your chocolate in the fridge because the temperature difference will create some condensed water on the surface of the chocolate bar. And keeping it away from the fridge is safer for your teeth. Chocolate tends to harden at low temperatures, which makes each bite more difficult. Don't keep your hummus at room temperature. It doesn't matter whether it's homemade or pasteurized. In both cases, it's not safe. If the hummus is traditional and doesn't contain any preservatives, its lifespan is up to one week. As for unopened supermarket hummus, you can store it in your fridge for about three months and for one week once you've opened it. Let's say you've just baked the perfect cookies. It's time to put them in a jar or container. Unfortunately, the cookies will eventually lose that precious out-of-the-oven feel and keep getting harder and harder as the days go by. But if you add a slice of bread to that same container, the cookies will keep their soft texture for much longer. That's because cookies will absorb moisture from the bread. People usually wrap cheese in plastic packages, but this solution is far from perfect. Plastic wrap attracts too much moisture, which creates an ecosystem for mold to grow and prosper. If you want to protect your cheese from this bitter scenario, sprinkle it with vinegar. But don't use more than a few drops. Otherwise, it'll ruin the original taste of your cheese. After that step, wrap your cheese tightly in wax paper and put it in the fridge. There are no special rules about eggs. It's safe to store them both inside and outside the fridge, as long as their expiration date is fine. It's important to make sure the temperature is stable and consistent. If your choice is to put eggs in the fridge, don't keep them on the side shelf. To protect them from temperature fluctuations, put the eggs deeper in the fridge. Also, experts don't recommend removing the eggs from their package. These containers are actually meant to extend the lifespan of the eggs. Yes, the temperature is not equal all over your fridge. The shelves on the door are the warmest area, for example. And the closer the shelf is to the freezer, the lower the temperature gets. So, if you want to create perfect food distribution inside your fridge, don't skip the specific storage recommendations that are mentioned on some packages. If you store a loaf of bread in the supermarket package, get ready to see some mold in a couple of days. It's better to keep your bread in a firmly closed box with a little bit of salt. This tip will protect it from the mold. Also, avoid keeping bread in the fridge because cold air will make it stale very quickly. But when you need to save bread for a long time, you can put it in the freezer. This way, it'll stay fresh for up to six months. If you want to keep sliced cucumbers from drying out, put them in an airtight container and pour fresh water in it. Don't store them in the fridge for more than a week. As for the whole cucumbers, keep in mind that they rot in the cold air way faster than at room temperature. If you want to keep them fresh for as long as possible, store them outside the fridge. Avocado is a tricky fruit with tricky storage rules. If your avocado is hard and not fully ripe yet, keep it away from the fridge because cold air will slow down the ripening process. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.